One of the lessons I've learned in martial arts is that standing still is asking to be hit. If you stand still in business, your competition is going to catch up. I start each morning practicing martial arts because it brings me balance and focus. And I want to know how others stay motivated as well. So join me for conversations on business, innovation, and entrepreneurship. I'm Dan Schulman. Welcome to Never Stand Still. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm sitting down with Kevin Cleary, CEO of Cliff Bar and Company, the producer of some of our favorite organic foods, including the famous Cliff Bar. Kevin and I will be discussing how his company is redefining corporate culture and values through a unique lens that's rooted in family tradition and a lot of heritage. Kevin, thank you for joining me on Never Stand Still. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Kevin, you and I are similar uh, in a lot of ways. First of all, we both do a ton of activities outside of work. Um, You have done many Ironman marathons. I did one marathon. Um, and, uh, obviously I do a lot of martial arts, uh, as well, but we also believe in the same things inside our companies that, uh, culture really matters, uh, that values really matter, that values can't be something that are just signs that hang on a wall. You have to, uh, act upon them for them really to be a part of your company culture. And, um, you've often said that the culture at Cliff is, a competitive advantage. Um, can you explain that a little bit more, how you think about that, um, how you put that into uh, into effect? Sure, yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's interesting because when you think about values in companies is the, the thing that often people go to is a place that, you know, in a, in a corporate company, what is, the, what is the one value at the end of the day that really matters to yeah. companies? Yeah. It's the financial metric, right? It comes back to shareholder value and shareholder yeah. return. Yeah. And at Cliff Bar, we have this five aspiration business model, which is really built around sustaining our business, our brands, our people, our community, and our planet. And mm-hmm. as CEO, it's my job to really work towards making sure we're delivering against all five of those. So when we talk about shareholder value, I'm talking about all five of those things with the organization. Mm-hmm. So we'll hold ourselves accountable to those five. We incent ourselves on making sure we're delivering against those things. So to give you an example, community service is a thing that's very important both to the, to the uh, ownership of Cliff Bar, to the, to the, for a family and employee-owned yeah. company, to the yeah. employees. And community service is key. And that's something that we ask every employee at least to give 20 hours a year on company time uh, to do community service of their choice. And that's an important way for people to stay connected to the things that really matter to them in their yeah, lives. Yeah. And um, for us to really live one of our key values. Yeah. You did over 100 hours, I think, uh, last year, didn't you? Yeah. So, so one, of my, um, one of my key passions is, uh, I think with many of us, is our family. But yeah. as we get into these roles like CEO or a C-suite job or executive role, sometimes those things can be compromised. And I, I made a decision a long time ago that I was going to be connected to the things that really matter to me. Yeah. And that's part of what I try to bring to Cliff Bar each and every day and be an example for people. So I coach my kids' Little League baseball team. No, we are not winning it this year. <laughs> we might. We're, we're right now, we're uh, four, six, and one. So we've got a shot. 
Mm. But we're playing maybe. well. Maybe. 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 It's, it's yeah. as I tell the parents, it's the leadership yeah. is the problem. <laughs> but um, no, is that Little League's a really key thing for me and staying connected to my kids and, and yeah. give back to the community. So I'll be leaving the office oftentimes a couple times during the week, during the, during the springtime at 3.30 in the afternoon to get home to either coach a practice or to coach the team. And, and those, are, um, those are things that I think make us better yeah. as, as people. Uh, I think that's exactly right. I do think that um, I think if you want to have a great company, that there's really only one way to have that, and that is to have great employees um, and to attract the very best to be sure that when they're at the company, they want to stay yeah. uh, at the company. And I think what you're saying is that those values are something that they're not only role models, but enable you probably to be as successful as you are. Yeah, you know, I, it's funny. I, people always ask me, how do, you, how do you measure your success? Yeah. How do you know you're doing your job? And I come back to one thing, and that's creating employee engagement. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, if I can go around the company and people are engaged, so we do best places to work surveys. And yep. Yep. They'll ask the question, is Cliff Bar a great place to work? And uh, we'll get responses in the 90s that Cliff Bar is a great place to work. And I think if I'm doing that yep. and we're hiring the right people, yep. then the rest of it's going to figure itself out. Yeah. Because if people are engaged, then they're just going to do better work. Absolutely. And my job then is to make sure that we're keeping them engaged, both in the mission of our company and the work that they do, but also in helping them figure out the things that make their lives easier. Yeah. You know, I have this, I, I gave this talk one day about, um, it was about work-life balance. Yeah. It's like work-life balance. Like there's a work life and then there's a life life. Like yeah. it doesn't work. And no, if it, it did doesn't. work, I totally it would, agree. With it you. wouldn't be great because- that time you're not spending, your yeah. waking hours away from work in a week is crazy small, right? Yeah. We know that that's a, a small part of life. So how can we put time back in people's lives? How can we make sure when they show up to work, they're not hanging up what they stand for yeah. and that they can live their lives through the company? So, you know, we'll do things like we have on-site childcare. So people are, you'll see their kids in there in the morning. You'll yeah. see them there at lunch. You'll see them there in the afternoon. And it's a way for people to stay connected. We'll do have an on-site gym where people can work out. And we have trainers that are Cliff Bar employees mm -hmm. that help you out. And we pay them a half hour a week to do that. And there's all sorts of things that we're, that we're able to offer dogs at work that help people yeah. stay connected to the things that really matter to them. And again, I think that it just creates an environment where people do more and yeah. give more. How um, much easier do you think it is, or do you think it's necessary um, that uh, Cliff Bar is a you know a family business, um, and um, that that's its roots and its heritage and its culture? Do you think if you were, for instance, um, a public company that uh, you know is reporting out every yeah. single quarter. Like, do you think there'd be a change, or do you think it would be basically the same kind of thing? I'm curious as to your thoughts around that. Yeah, you know, I, I get asked that question a lot, yeah. and it's um, and if I go back to when we started this model, we started this model back in 2001, and the owners Gary and Kit, there are there are founders yeah. um, of the company, and like I said, they're they're the family of family and employee right, owned, right, and when they first decided to go down this model, they had just walked away from a $120 million chance to sell the company because our two big competitors, Power Bar and Balance Bar at the time had mm -hmm. both been purchased by these large companies. So 
the the normal path. That's impressive, by the way, when somebody does that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's gut check time. Yeah. And, and while today it looks like an easy decision, yep. back then in the face of these behemoths, Nestle and Kraft, as your new competitors, mm-hmm. um, it was gut check time. And at that time is when we really got clear on establishing this five aspiration, five bottom line model that I yep. was explaining earlier. And so at that time, quarterly earnings were really important because they had taken on a lot of debt because they had a business partner. So not only did they walk away from 60 million, they took on 60 million in debt. Yep. And so it was gut check time. And if there was ever a time you're gonna be focused on a financial number, it was then. Yeah. And that's when we built the gym. And that's when we started this community service program. That's when we took Cliff Bar Organic, which took four margin points off our business. But they were values-based decisions. So I bring that back to your question and say, you know, can companies do it, right? And you look at the results over the past 16, 17 years, and you look at where we are now at a 33% market share, yep. and power and balance are at a combined less than three. Wow. That's it's amazing. Like, so, so it's like, yeah. it's not easy, but values matter, Yeah, as you know. I mean, values yeah. really matter. And I think the more people see you live them, both as, as executives, but also the company's decisions on when they make decisions and how they make decisions, um, it pays off. So I think the answer is it takes a little more of the, <gasps> we're going to do it type thing. Like I'm jumping off this, this cliff and I'm going to do it, but um, the value can be there. Yeah. And I think we've been an example of it. I, I think that is, um, first of all, it's an inspirational story. Um, and I have said a lot now publicly that brands need to stand for more than just making money. Yeah. Um, and the reason for that is if your brand has a mission and a purpose, which yours clearly does, it attracts the very best talent. Yeah. You. And if that mission and that purpose is supported by values that align with that and, and the employees see that the uh, leadership um, of that company is actually acting on yeah. that, uh, it's not an empty promise, but it is really how you live your life. Um, I think it enables this um, this ability to not only be a force for good, um, but also drive disproportionate shareholder value. I don't think yeah. the two are in conflict. No, I totally agree. But I think traditional uh, traditionally people might think that. You've also done some other interesting things, which is you've done partnerships mm-hmm. with other companies. Um, you have an initiative called, I think, Good Business that uh, where you've worked with other companies. Can you... Talk a little bit about how that came about. What was the thought process around that? Sure. Because most companies think about, you know, it's uh, just compete head yeah. on. But you you have a different philosophy. Yeah. I mean, we one of our, um, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, as I talked about earlier was community is really important to our organization. And so we had been running a program called In Good Count. So we had this, we were, we were sending employees to um, impoverished areas in Africa and India. Mm. This is way back in the early 2000s. And just to go out for a week or two weeks and do community service work and give back. And as we started to look through that model, we're like, you know, there's an opportunity for us to really try to collect like-minded businesses, whether they're competitors or not, yeah. like-minded businesses together and go out and do more. Yeah. be able to have a greater impact. So that's been our program here for the last 10 years. It's called In Good Company. 
which is all about working with other like-minded companies and putting people um, into these, into these uh, whether it's you know, a, um, an urban farm in the Bronx yeah. or it's in Stanislaus planting trees mm-hmm. or it's um, down in the Gulf Coast doing cleanup or building homes in Arizona. Um, on the Hopi Indian Reservation, you know, yeah. whatever it, whatever it is that we can provide um, back, and it has it has this really interesting um, dynamic because what you'll hear back from people that have been on these is that they'll come back and tell you, not that this was one of the best weeks of their working lives, they'll say it was one of the best weeks of their lives. Oh, that's great, and so it's a way yeah. for them to really get back into these these life changing moments. Now. The other thing it's enabled, though, is for us to work with some of these other companies like King Arthur Flower, um, where we did um, at Washington State University, through this program, we started talking to them about doing an endowed chair, doing organic grain breeding um, Hmm. that would be, uh, you know, that would run for in perpetuity. And it was only the second of its kind in in the U.S. And we were also part of the first one of its kind. So it was just a neat way for us to combine our values together, both in community service, but also for organic agriculture um, as we move forward. Yeah. I think it is a a trend um, as I look out um, is as companies try and do more value-oriented missions, you can't do it all by yourself. There's just no way to do it. You have to partner with other companies and take the sort of the best of your platform and the best of their platforms, kind of put them together and offer a value proposition out to a consumer or to, yeah. you know, businesses that is better than if you just tried to do it yeah. alone. And um, I, I think you guys exemplify that. Yeah. And we realize that, you know, we're, we're at the end of the day, we're, our whole, our whole idea here and our whole mission is to say, Hey, you can run a business, based on more just than a financial bottom line. Like yeah. if you consider other things, you can, you know, you can survive and thrive in this, in this world. And that's what our broader mission is. And hopefully we're able to help others out with that. And we're by no means perfect at this model. Right. We, you know, it's like every day you're learning something new about managing it. Um, but it's, uh, it really captures, I think, it captured my heart when I first came to Cliff Bar. And I think it's one of the key things to your earlier point about why people want to work there. Yeah. So, the company's been around for some 25 years yeah. uh, now, which is incredible um, when you think about it. So you've seen a ton of change in those uh, 25 years. Um, how have you or how has the company sort of uh, continued to innovate and continue to grow during those 25 years? Like, What's, what's been the secret uh, to the <laughs> success of that? Um, I actually can't. I can't answer that. Because it's it would give away all of our secrets. So you you understand. <laughs> I know this is sort of like this is what I'm trying to get, get out of you. Here. No, I'm teasing. Um, you know, I, I think it's one key thing has been um, one staying true to our core and who we are. And we've made mistakes. Like we we came out with a product um, back in 2002, 2003 to get on that low carb boom. Remember when yeah. that happened? Yep. And we veered from our food philosophy, which is really about sustainable, wholesome, organic mm. ingredients. Yeah. Um, and we had strayed from it, and we'd gone into using ingredients that we normally didn't use. And the thing went out, and we failed miserably. And consumers gave us feedback like, hey, that wasn't you. Yeah. You weren't behaving like we expect Cliff Bar to behave. So we've been true to that, and we stay true to that to that mission as we, as we go forward. I think having um, staying close to our consumers. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. Um, you know, clearly we started from a very athletic 
yeah. heritage. I mean, that's, yeah. where, that's where we started in, in sports retail stores and, and in the natural food industry. And one of the things we noticed was that a lot of our athletes were scraping peanut butter onto their cliff bars. And it, it like, and now I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, so it took me a while. It took the team a while to actually figure out what's going on here. So now we launched this product called Nut Butter Filled, which is a filling of nut butter inside yeah. a cliff bar, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's been a really cool product launch, but that came from staying close and connected to to our to our the, the people in our in our community that really really love our food and making sure that we're staying connected to them, so that's been part of it. And then also I think um, there's an authenticity that um, having our founders engaged deeply in the business has been able to really help us. Yeah. And then the last thing I'd say is just passionate employees and teams that really just get after the work and get it done. Yeah. Um, so those are some great secrets. Well try and steal as many of those as we can. <laughs> but there's also, um, you know, I, I do martial arts every morning. One of the big things and, and the name of this, uh, you know, broadcast that we do is never stand still because if you do stand still, you get hit. Um, and it's actually not an easy thing to remember um, because your tendency is to just want to be right there in front right. of somebody and do that. So, but I, I find we learn the most sometimes when we when we get hit, um, and it teaches us a lot of lessons. Were there difficult lessons as well that you learned along the way um, in those uh, years that you've been with the company and the years that you've been CEO? And what were some of those, and how did you get back on your feet again? Yeah, you know, I, I think that um, there's been plenty of those moments in my life. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's been there's been a lot of them. And they have, uh, to your point, they have been growing moments because I am somebody that likes to stay moving and, and yeah. stay active. And I think one of the areas for us was, um, when, when I think back on it, is that as a company, you know, you, you go through your ebbs and flows, you yeah. know, and, and making sure that you're staying really focused on on the on the consumer at the end of the day and what do they need from you. And I, I think there were times in the past when we got a little too insular in how we think about our business. And and, and even though we are our consumers, yeah. you know, there's so much changing in in the category, you know, and that, that bar categories is dynamic. If you walk into a Whole Foods or you walk into a Target, you walk in, I mean, you look at that set, there is so much going on yeah. in that set. And I think we'd gotten a little insular and, you know, this was probably four or five years ago where we were a little bit like navel gazing and just continuing to do our thing without being sensitive enough to what was happening mm-hmm. um, outside. And, and um, you know, we, we actually, you know, we still grew in a year, but we didn't grow as fast as I wanted to. We didn't keep pace with the category. And that was one of those moments when I was like, wait a minute, man. If, you know, yeah. I was sitting there looking at the issue and I'm, this has got to start with me, mm-hmm. right? This is, this is something I've got to drive through the organization. I'm super proud of, of what the company's been able to do since that time and just, and really been able to galvanize the organization and continue to move us forward. And, yeah. you know, like I talk to the company all the time, it's, those things are going to happen. Those things are going to happen. It's our job to make sure that we're catching them early enough and we're able to react to them. Yeah. Your life... Um it's a pretty uh, fascinating one because you kind of um, you have this, as you mentioned, this seamlessness between um, what you do outside and what you do inside uh, the company. And I believe in that as well. Yeah. I think you know we just live life, right, um, right. and um, 
you know, when we're at home, sometimes we're doing work. And when we're at work, sometimes we're doing, uh, you know, just life. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's hard to divide it so neatly uh, into place. Um, as you think about parts of your life where you just haven't stood still, you've advanced, you've you've grown. Can you talk uh, about some of those um, um, episodes that have taught you the most as you've kind of continued to move forward? Yeah, you know, I um, I, I found myself um, a few years ago. I was at um, this is so my career was Quaker Oats. Yeah, started there out of school. Um, well, let me let me go back actually a little before that. So, if you were to ask me today, say, Kevin, where did you get your um, where did you where'd you go to school? I'd say I went to the University of California, Berkeley, and I went got my master's at Kellogg Northwestern. And you say, wow, those are those are great schools. Yeah, wow, that that's really traditional. Way. I might say that. You might say that. No, you're, yeah, depending on where you're from. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Touche. Um, but, uh, you know, when I, when I look back and I, I try to teach my kids this today is um, I didn't get in there the traditional way. Out of high school, there was no way I had the grades or the SAT scores to get into uh, Cal. Mm-hmm. It was a non-starter. I mean, it would have been laughable. So I went to junior college. By the way, this is why we're yeah. very similar. I got rejected at every single college that I applied to, okay. every single one. It, yeah, yep. right, right. So then I go to a junior college. Yeah. And if I'd had my act together, I would have gotten rejected. Yeah. I just didn't even have my act together as I was rolling out of high school, <laughs> right? I would, I would, so I, I went to junior college and I played football there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Then I, I said, hey, I want to go to Cal. So I went into Cal, walked onto the football team and got into the school through that, through that doorway through the junior college, which was a much easier way. Yeah. So then about 27, 28 years old, I'm like, hey, I want to go back to grad school. So I try, I take my GMATs, don't do so good. Right. I do my, uh, I take my, um, and then I go back into, uh, um, and then I, I apply, rejected from every school. So, okay, I'm going to keep working at it. So I go back to school and then pretty soon I go to R.R. R. Donnelly after Quaker Oats, R.R. R. Donnelly, and I end up going to Kellogg through their executive MBA program. Mm. So my point is on that is where there's a will, there's a way. Yep. And the word I love and the word I talk to the company about more and more today is about grit. Yeah. And it's about just never, never standing still and never giving up. Right? Yeah. That we just keep coming at it. And when you want to get those things and there are things that are on your goal list that are really key to you, there are a million ways to accomplish it. Yeah. And you just got to be, you've got to be resourceful. So that was a, a real early lesson for me just about how do I make those things happen? And then from there was, um, I was at R.R. R. Donnelly and, you know, we, we were a printing company yep. and they still are <laughs> a printing company. And I was in this situation where I was doing marketing. I was um, an SVP there for them doing marketing because we were trying to become more market driven. Yeah. So, we purchased another company or it was a merger. Their leadership team came in. They had a totally different view. And I looked at it and I was like, wow, they're, they said, you either make it or sell it or you don't have a role here. That means there's no marketing right. as part right. of that function. <laughs> and I don't know, at the time I didn't agree with them. They may have been right. Okay. But I looked at that moment. I'm like, okay, this is my moment now. And that's what actually was the impetus that drove me to Cliff Bar yeah. was they had this opportunity to go to Cliff Bar and and, um, you know, that was just constantly this, this need to be growing and to be moving forward with my, with my life and my career. Yeah. I, I think it's a fantastic um, narrative of uh, kind of a lot of what this whole um, uh, talk is, is about. I always say uh, when people ask me for advice and counsel, 
like don't underestimate your potential, yeah. but don't overthink your next move either. Because basically to your point, you actually always have to be moving forward. And sometimes people get so hung up on like, where am I going to be 15 years from now? Yeah. And it paralyzes their next move. The truth of the matter is none of us know where we're going to be 15 years from now. So you make the next move, you learn from it. It could be good, it could be bad, uh, but you learn from it. And then that positions you for that next move uh, that you make. I, I, I couldn't say it better myself. When I, I was at Quaker Oats, I left there in 1999. I was in Chicago. Every one of my friends is coming out here, yeah. right? For yeah. the dot-com boom. Yeah. You, know, you know, for the dot-com boom. Everybody's heading out here. Where am I heading? Across the river to an industry that's been around for 100-plus years, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. and people are asking me, like, how does this make sense? And I wasn't really, I, I didn't put too much thought into it because I was going from food to print. Yeah. But I learned skills there in so many different ways than I wouldn't have had I, been, had I stayed at Quaker Oats. And that I learned new things that I think four or five years later enabled me to be way better at my job. Absolutely. And yeah. I, am, I am so excited to be CEO of Cliff Bar. I carry this with me every day. And I could not have imagined anything better, but it wasn't preordained and it no. wasn't preplanned. And like you didn't just, think about it and I didn't 20 think about years it. Like ago. It, was just, yep. it, it, just, it kind of just kept coming because I was following my heart and following what felt right. Yeah. Well, that's a great way, I think, to uh, to end our conversation. Kevin, it was a f- real pleasure uh, to spend some time with you. And thanks for all of your insights. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank Enjoyed you. It. Yep.